Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to our second episode of Who You Lovin' with me, Rachel Campbell. And me, Corey Dilliston. This week, we're talking about childhood obsessions, Sunday scaries, and did Rachel live with Duran Garrahi? Who you loving by Corey and Rachel for all of your throwbacks and recommendations. So this is now, uh, officially it's take two, but it's a... Uh, Take two of take two. Yeah, at this stage, we did a bit of recording during the week. We normally record during the week. It takes a while for us to edit, put together, whatever. We're just a team of two, like. And uh, unfortunately, there was a bit of a technical issue. So we're now re recording. But luckily, both of us aren't great with short term memory and we can't really <laughs> remember what was said the first time round. So, honestly, yeah. Yeah. Right, we'll just get straight in, straight in, no kissing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, what have you been reading? So, these past two weeks, I have been reading um, a book called Fleischman is in Trouble. Um, So, it is, it's fiction, it's by an author called Taffy Brodesser Ackner. She is a journalist for the New York Times, uh, and this is her debut novel. I think it came out um probably nearly two years ago now, actually. It was June 2019, I think. But it is about Toby Fleischman. So he is a 41-year-old doctor um, living in New York. He's recently divorced, and he wakes up one morning to find that the wife, sorry, the ex-wife has dropped the kids off and just gone MIA completely. Um, So we see Toby really just trying to sort of keep up appearances, sort of maintain that normality for the kids so far as possible. You know, like, oh, mum's just been delayed on her business <laughs> trip just- or whatever. Yeah. And gone forever, so. <laughs> you know so but it's like obviously that sounds I think like quite a grim scenario but it's delivered in a way that's sort of light-hearted um you get a lot of his sort of his, his spiraling thoughts I suppose like his just these dramatic slightly neurotic I would say trains of thoughts uh, and like it, it's witty it's there are, are really sharp um sharp moments in it he's um navigating through the dating scene and the modern dating scene um like some bits you're like sheepers is that you know is that what it's really like and I think obviously there's a there's a cultural difference between dating in America and dating here in that like in, in normal times obviously things are so different at the minute but in normal times in the US if you're dating someone that doesn't mean you're exclusive it just means you're dating so you could be dating yeah. 10 people whereas here that's kind of frowned upon you're literally like if you're dating someone you're waiting to see if it's going to develop into a relationship but you're not seeing anybody else at the same time 
Yeah. And even now for me using the word dating is probably maybe romanticizing it a bit because it is like hookups, I okay. suppose. <laughs> if people say that. Casually um, dating. Casually yeah, dating. Yeah. Us. yeah. <laughs> um but it's it's so that's like one element of it. And then he's also sort of, you know, going back over his marriage and, you know, maybe the things that led to the breakdown of his marriage and there are points where it's alludes to maybe, you know, the crazy ex-wife. You know, she was very um career driven. She was the main breadwinner. So of course she was a neglectful mother type thing. Do you know that kind of way? So and and there's this sort of I think you're for me anyway, like I was anticipating, you know, when is she coming back? What like waiting for that sort of moment. Um yeah, I think there's just a lot of things at play here, you know. The wife's really hard working. There's that's obviously like criticized, not explicitly, but like the implications are definitely there. Both sort of like I would say class conflict comes into it quite a bit because you can see that the money and the wealth and the materialism is definitely more important to her, mm-hmm. which you, you see that as he sort of describes the relationship and stuff. But then obviously he's you know he's compliant the whole way through so there's that question as well of you know how much like you know you're happy to have the money sort of thing um but you'll criticize people Mm -hmm. for for working for the money sort of thing Mm -hmm. that's her kind of perspective on it what I liked about it I suppose and what drew me to it in the first place was that sort of idea of getting the male perspective like a lot of the things I read not necessarily by choice but like just happen to be written by females it's from... just what you naturally veered yeah same, yeah totally the same like that would be like I always well not always but I very often read uh from female writers or at least from right. a female perspective so it, like mm-hmm. I'm a male author but it's a female perspective like one of my favorite books as you know is One Day by David Nichols. Yes. But obviously half that book's written from a female character's perspective. Yeah. So even though, like, it's obviously a male writer and it is one of my favourite books, you're getting 50% from a female character's perspective and the other 50% from a male character's perspective. So yeah. it kind of balances it out a wee bit. And anyway, the way that David Nichols writes is so kind of thoughtful and, you know, it definitely doesn't give you the impression. That's probably very... um what's the word stereotypical or whatever but like you definitely wouldn't necessarily know that it's a male author I think if I mm-hmm. had to guess and I didn't know it was a male author I would guess it was a female author yeah that's so interesting yeah yeah and actually another sort of layer to this is that although it's Toby's story as such uh, for, for the most part um it's actually narrated by his old college friend who is female Okay, so the author so is female or male? The, the author's female. But it's, so it's a female author and a female narrator, but a male perspective almost. Exactly. Right. Um, And it's really interesting, you know, he's flashing back not only to his, sorry, I'm saying he now as if, but it's it's just because it's his perspective. But yeah, yeah. there's flashbacks obviously to their, his friendship as well with the narrator and you know they're old college friends they they have another friend that features in it as well and their sort of history and you know how their lives have panned out now and 
they are they do meet up at a few stages in the book um but i just thought it was an like interesting we extra layer um almost um yeah. but un- unusual for me i think in terms of perspective and it's not what you would well, normally yeah. pick to read right and like i would never thought that i would be interested in reading about a 41 year old man's midlife crisis basically uh-huh. um but it uh-huh. it's done in a way that it is sort of still like relevant and interesting and like appealing i guess um i did have a few quotes picked out oh yeah sorry so the obviously the overambitious ex-wife there was a part just in her work scenario where she'd missed out on a promotion for not telling them that she was pregnant and the male boss is obviously like well look Rachel you know you have a baby bump and you, you didn't think you know you didn't have the courtesy to tell us or whatever we can't give you this promotion blah 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 calm down which I think is illegal it's definitely illegal that's here. right yeah like but, the only but thing then is- also like you have that's to hardly a boss. thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you have to like the thing is i think you're under obligation to tell them within a certain window of time anyway mm. like you can't be coming invisibly pregnant and not, and not saying anything obviously but then i don't think you could be overlooked for a promotion i mean your boss to tell you that it's because you're pregnant yeah to be fair maybe i'm fabricating this now um oh. for what exactly <laughs> like the reason but anyway it's very obvious that that is the reason um and you know he's like calm down Rachel it's grand like blah 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 and then this part it just like struck me as like because I, I think we all get told to calm down sometimes uh and it was like like every other woman in the world who has ever been told to calm down Rachel had no idea to behave and you're like I was like well that that is so true you know especially I think if so if it's like your boss like telling you like getting you all enraged then telling you to calm down yeah that's it I mean it's I don't want to say too much about the ending but it's no actually I can't say anything because I, I will give it away um, <laughs> I don't trust myself no, but yeah different unusual and I would say like I did enjoy it and I would recommend it if you do want something like a little bit different Toby is obviously going through a divorce embittered by this um, and someone along the line somewhere asks him his opinion now about marriage and he says marriage always reminds me of that old saying about democracy it's the worst form of government other than all the other forms of government <laughs> so make of that what you will um but so it's a pretty uh what's the word like a pretty dark view on marriage for, <laughs> but obviously it's a bit about divorce <laughs> no it's delivered in a way that's light and like there are sort of moments well I think especially with the kids mm-hmm. that you're like really empathetic towards them mm-hmm. um but all in all it's it's pretty like it's not like any it's not like gone girl or anything like it's yeah yeah pretty like light I would say in that sense okay very good um so I have also been reading a book that is outside of my normal remit um mm-hmm. in that it is a murder mystery um and I don't ordinarily really it's not, it's not really my genre like and I and I wouldn't say I have a particular genre that I like to read I'll read whatever's popular kind of thing um, yeah but at any time I have read murder mystery even ones that people rave about I'm like oh it was just okay yeah um, I just like I either think 
that the the twists because people are always like oh the twists though like did you love that twist and I'm like well no. I think if it's not your genre though that like because yeah. I would be like that with movies sometimes I'm like yeah I like you can appreciate it to a certain extent uh-huh well this is because like for me a lot of the time the twists in these novels I either see them coming or when they do come if I don't see them coming I think they're really stupid I'm like like oh really that's like a bit of a stretch yeah Yeah, yeah. like so it's not really it's not my normal genre at all but I was really sorry totally didn't even tell you what the name of the book is it's the Thursday Murder Club um it's been kind of highly acclaimed really like people are are really into like even like I mentioned to my mother-in-law I was reading it and she was like yeah I've heard that's brilliant blah 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 so like you know she'd obviously heard from somewhere like and she's not on social media or anything so she's obviously seen yeah. on you know tv or whatever um so yeah so I was listening to that on um it's the Irish Library Services Borrow Box um and I was listening to it on there um I saw afterwards I was posting on my Goodreads that I'd obviously read it and somebody referred to it as a cozy mystery and I feel like that's the exact like that's the exact genre like it's a murder mystery but it's a cozy mystery and the reason for that is because it's set in a nursing home so basically your four main characters are all in their like 70s or 80s um and they're all part of the Thursday murder club um which meets in an old age um home like a, a care home uh every Thursday like in between it's like in between like karate for the over 60s and like Aww. you know the the puzzle club or whatever you know yeah um and they look through old files for like murder cases and then they try and solve them but then their whole kind of the whole thing of going through old files is turned on its head when an actual real life murder happens uh in their wee sleepy town and they're going to try and solve it and it's it's do you know it's very good it's very funny um there were bits in it that were that were very humorous so there's like I've written a few quotes out as well um there's a bit where um one of the main characters Joyce is talking about her daughter Joanna and she says I would never have therapy because who wants to unravel all that knitting not worth the risk, thank you. My daughter, Joanna, has a therapist, although you'd be hard-pressed to know why if you saw the size of her house, <laughs> which I think <laughs> is just kind of the typical, like, that that generation's attitude towards, like, therapy. Like, if you've, yeah. got, you know, if you've got a good job, you've got a good house, what are you doing complaining about you your feelings? nothing like, to be unhappy <laughs> about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was also really good characterization in it. So there was, um, there was a quote that I really liked where it was... Um, Donna has always been headstrong, always acted quickly and decisively, which is a fine quality when you are right, but a liability when you are wrong. It's great to be the fastest runner, but not when you're running in the wrong direction. Um, yeah, I know, and I know a lot of people like that too. So, <laughs> um, so overall, like I really, really enjoyed it. Um, there's also if you're listening to the audiobook at the very end, there's an interview with um. Marion Keys at the end, as in she's interviewing the author, which is Richard Osmond. Um, she and as soon as I heard her revoice, I was like, oh, "It's Marion, it's my mom." Because <laughs> in a fictional world, I think Marion Keys is my mother. Um, I just find her; she's just like a real comfort person. Like I feel like she's just yeah. like like if you met her, she'd just be the warmest person ever. Um, 
so yeah so it was good I really enjoyed it um considering it wasn't my genre as far as like murder mysteries go and I've read quite a few of them because I keep trying to like it uh, as a mm. genre um as far <laughs> as trying far to reprogram as yourself go I I did actually really enjoy it. like it was good it's a good like I would say it'd be a really good holiday read if any of us were allowed to go on holiday like it would be a good like sitting by the pool read yeah um I don't know whether that's a fe- an offensive thing to say you know if people are like but like I do feel like it was you know it's that kind of like gentle reading that you want to do yeah. on holidays yeah yeah that's perfect like that's fine that's no discredit to to Richard Osman like and he is quite funny like I enjoy him on TV no it sounds good um and it's everywhere like you said it's well it's been made into a movie as well oh um by Steven Spielberg is doing it yeah yeah cheapers it must have done all right then I know yeah so um because it was actually my mother-in-law said to me she's like well they're making a movie out of that and I was like oh are they like all right okay and then it was actually just before we recorded, when we recorded originally, um, I went and looked it up. I was like, oh, I wonder how far along this movie is. And now I don't think, I think he's just bought the rights to make it. I don't think it's even been cast or anything, but there were a couple of like theories. So if anyone is going to read it, I wouldn't, I don't know, because it's hard Googling things because you don't want to spoil it for yourself. Mm, but there are um, like dream castings online. So you can oh. kind of like, because when I read them, I didn't agree with the males. There's two, like it's two female, main female characters. I'm gonna look it up male. right now. Um, but um, the two female characters they had, Julie, Julie Walters, isn't that Julie Walters or Julie Walters? She's she's um Molly Weasley in Harry Potter. She mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. as Joyce, which actually to be fair, I envisage Joyce being older. That's the only thing. And then um, as the other main female character, they had um. Helen, Helen Mirren. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. that would. I'm suit. on the website here. Yeah, 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 that would suit that character. So, um, yeah, so that's something to look forward to. I would say that would be a good wee, a good laugh of a movie, you know. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. That's... If they get a cast like that, definitely. Well, they probably will with Spielberg behind it. Mm. Interesting. So, what have you been listening to this week? So I have been listening to my friends have like all been listening to this I think for quite a while and I've only started now um but it's the laughs of your life by Darren Garrahy. Right. Haven't haven't heard of it but I you know I went to stage school with Darren Garrahy. Yes. <laughs> I remember like years ago telling I think that, you that. Yeah, I think when you told me this I do, I didn't actively follow her because so I just knew who she was but now I like obviously know who she is when I moved to Belfast I came with the dream of being an actress um <laughs> and now I'm an office manager so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically the same really thing well um <laughs> but um yeah and I had um I studied drama when I went to college but before that um we didn't really have a massive kind of you know like down south we don't we can't I'm sorry in the Republic of Ireland uh we can't study drama as a subject that's not whereas up here and in the UK um you can study drama as a subject so we didn't have that opportunity so anyone who was kind of a theatre kid in the Republic of Ireland all went to um stagewise um shout out to right. stagewise <laughs> so we all went to stagewise which was like a summer camp that went over a course of a week and you learned uh, 
dance and acting and singing and mime. And there was another element like I think dance, acting, singing, mime. There's definitely another one because there was five groups. I think. Music, like instruments. No. Anyway, there were five groups. Um, and you were divided by age, and a lot of the time your roommates were roughly the same age as you. That so, as in they would be born in kind of similar, like spring nineteen ninety two or whatever. Um, mm. so yeah, me and Doreen Garrity were in the same room. Um, yeah, but I didn't know her before that. So then, um, when she got famous, which she is, she's pretty famous now. Um, a few years later, I was like, "It's my roomie from stage camp." <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, no, I haven't listened to her podcast, but I know she's doing really well for herself, which is amazing. Yeah, so fun. And like, it's such a simple premise. Like, that's not to discredit. Like, it's so simple and so, like, it's uplifting. It's, I know this word is overused massively, but it Uh is like wholesome. Uh uh So basically laughs of your life premise is laughter so I think I heard her on one herself she said this is a place where we talk about happy and laughable things so she'll have a guest on each episode like a whole selection of people from all walks of life I think the the common denominator is um influential people mm-hmm I think that's that. So she has like Simon Harris is on one. Trini from Trini and Susanna is on one. Like Paul Meskel, like loads. Which ones did you listen to? So I've listened to like I've just sort of scanned through and picked my fave people basically, um, okay. or the people that sort of stood out to me. So a few of the ones that stood out to me <laughs> I were your was hanging there and be like, I picked few of my favorite people. No, <laughs> sorry, <Yes. laughs> that sounds really bad. Um, Samantha Barry was one, so she is, um, Glamour's editor in chief. Um, she's from Cork, I believe, and lives in New York, so she's like a real life Carrie Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just know her from like Instagram, but hers is quite good, and she like. You know, people are just asked about your early memories of laughter and how, like, how laughter has punctuated your life, basically. Um, and you know, she hers is really good. Also, listen to Baz Ashmois guy. He's like I know him from <laughs> an Irish media personality, isn't it? Yeah, isn't that what the yeah right. yeah, yeah TV yeah. radio? I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, but also Silver Fox, uh, yeah. I do know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> um, he does the Bank of Ireland ads now, but he also is um, Emmy winner for his show Fifty Ways to Kill no Your way. Mommy. Yeah, That's um, which I've never watched. Like, but now I'm like, it's on my to watch list. Yeah, um, and then the other one I listened to, which I just have to recommend, is Trisha Lewis. Um, she's obviously Limerick girl. Trisha's transformation is her book I mean she's I feel like again TV media personality social media personality is this her own podcast or was she on Baz's podcast oh no sorry these are separate episodes um oh these are on so Baz was on Doreen's podcast yes sorry these are all the guests Uh uh-huh right and so it's 
she says Duran says herself that she got the idea from Desert Island Discs. She just brings them on, talk about laughter, and it's just like I know a lot of people are steering away from too much real life media consumption sort of thing people are like i know a lot of my friends or whatever sticking to maybe fiction whereas this is just like chit chat tell me about your life and like it's actually mad the like common things that come up like mass is a hoot basically like mass comes up a few times people are like laughing at mass and then career setbacks as well like some really interesting ones about that um and how they tend to lead to better opportunities yeah. or you know which is again this is something that's yeah um and like baz baz is really funny as well like he, he said on one again talking about career setbacks and being at a low point and he um just said life is like a game of snakes and ladders he's like that's what i'm trying to teach my kids you're up one minute then you're back down mm-hmm. I was like yes so true Baz and then in Trisha Lewis's case then obviously she is a big advocate for healthy living and weight loss and she talks about her obesity struggle and like think you know the things that you wouldn't see on her Instagram ever and things that you would never know about her and she's really like opening up to Duran and she admits to Duran like that she loves the podcast and it was an honor for her to be on it and she's like hilarious like their conversation is really funny um and she talks about again childhood professional as a professional challenges I suppose um and her a a lot of it does center around her, her weight loss um and she's just a hit like there's a part where she's like where they're both sort of talking about online social media trolls um and Trisha's like oh I remember a time um I was like complaining to my mom about someone was calling me fat and uh, this just made me laugh like, I can just like picture a wee Irish mommy saying it like her mom was like well Trisha um if you put your bare arse out the window, you can't be surprised if someone comes along and slaps it. <laughs> and that was her, like, no pity and, like, just savage mum yeah, response. Yeah. Um, but it's true, but it's- like, when you do put your whole life out there. But then I did see the other day on Instagram, and I know you're still off social media at the minute, but um, somebody said, if you think of other people's social media, other people's Instagram pages as their house, um, and if it's public that means you're welcome to come in and have a wee look and look at their interiors and you know think what you want to think about the house um, but if you if you come and visit the house and you think oh god no I don't like the way they've furnished it and I don't like the colours they've used and I don't like any of this I don't like the smell it's too like it's too many scented mm-hmm. candles or whatever um, you can just leave you don't have to like mm-hmm. you know knock over the candles on the way out and tell them the mm-hmm. picture of their parents is ugly do you know what I mean but that and I was like god that's such a good metaphor for like because that's the problem with obviously the internet being the way it is is that people feel like they have a right to comment on other people's you know social media and stuff like my my Instagram is public um it always has been because like I don't I've nothing there's nothing on it's just pictures of me and my friends like I've nothing you know there's nothing secretive about it or anything there's nothing Mm. really um there's no new information there or anything um but like, and luckily, you know, 
since secondary school anyway I haven't been trolled at all online or anything like that but I'm sure there are people that go on to my Instagram who aren't friends with me or whatever and just think oh what dose blah 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 like whatever think whatever they want to think as long as they're not commenting I don't really care but it is that yeah, thing like of like fine. yeah yeah that whole thing of hanging your arse out the window like it is that you know yeah. you're, you're showing your whole life to people and then you know people will pass comment the yeah you can't to, be that surprised yeah, when yeah. the only way to avoid that is to just not be on social media at all which is right, you know exactly. which is achievable which is hard in the in this day and age and like obviously you can put your own privacy settings and all of that but um yeah I totally get where she's coming from there um but it's just it's just one of those one of those weird struggles that we now have in life isn't it yeah for sure and but it's um it's uh, this podcast is definitely like just a wee bit of it's again it's light you know it's and it's positive it's about laughter it's you know about things that bring people laughter people's memories of laughter like and again if there's some like you you have the episodes are titled by the guest so if it's someone you're not that interested in Mm -hmm. or someone you don't like don't listen to it Mm -hmm. um but I thought it was I just sort of noticed the common themes like as said a few of them being like haha this happened in mass what a hoot mm-hmm. and then another one um that came up a few times is um uh, like shame in school yeah and that's obviously something again that I'm sure a lot of us can relate to like those with with the question of you know when you a, a time where you were laughed at or whatever uh-huh. and more often than not that comes back to something at school or people in school this sort of is like the first experience of like being judged or being the butt of a joke or whatever um and it's just interesting to see you know these people from completely different walks of life but this is a common theme for all of them sort of thing um but I I enjoyed it and would recommend and I just think fair play to her like it's such a simplistic concept but so nice to listen to Mm -hmm. Um, well, I've been listening to um, a sim- similar idea and like you can kind of pick and choose the bits out of this podcast that you want to listen to or that, you know, that you would have a vested interest in. Um, I've listened to Juvenalia. Um, so it's a podcast. Um, it's been going a while. It's been going since like 2018. So um, or it's 2017. It's been going a few years now. Um, but it was only it popped up actually on my Twitter feed. So I was like, oh, God, that actually sounds really it's a really interesting concept concept so um basically they have these same similar ideas to uh Duren's podcast and that they have different guests on every week um but they talk about something that they were obsessed with when they were younger mm. so um there's you know there's a lot of really good like and we love a good throwback here at Who You Love and so of course. <laughs> uh, a lot of really good throwbacks and stuff stuff that you'd maybe even forgotten that you're obsessed with and then when you oh, see somebody God, tell yeah, us yeah. so like the one I listened to was um I want to say I really don't want to butcher this girl's name but her name's I would say Jeanne Sutton but it might okay. be Jean it's like J-E-A-N-N-E so it could just be Jean <laughs> but I would say Jeanne like Leanne yeah, Leanne, Leanne, right. <laughs> um, but she used to be the deputy editor of Stellar Magazine at the time when the podcast was recorded. And she came on as a guest and spoke about Beauty and the Beast. And I loved oh, Beauty and the right Beast. Right up your street. Yeah, yeah. So I was listening to that one, but there's podcasts on like on like loads of different so there's like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, um, there's loads of Disney ones. Uh I'm trying to think of some more. And then do they have their guests? 
are they all i'm assuming from like different generations you know different times as well well, i think it's kind of that thing of sure the whole um the whole like podcast thing is kind of generation is uh, a generation yeah it's the millennials isn't it that we're we all love a good podcast i swear like women wake up like age 25 and we're like oh podcasts our podcasts (laughs) great and the same with like um pinterest as well like i feel like before 25 no interest and you go on it one day your 25th birthday you log in you're like oh do you know what i need to do Uh, yeah (laughs) i'm I'm bored of all my hopes and dreams that's what i need to do today um yeah so there's ones let me see there's one like eurovision that's now that's something i would not be obsessed with at all yeah yeah but But i know people who are obsessed with eurovision yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a cult um and the avril lavigne Oh, um, class. Yeah, yeah. And I love to her once for a, for a fancy dress. Oh, my dress God. Party. So did I. But keep in mind, like, so just to give an, a visual for everybody that doesn't know us, um, Corey is a skinny legend. And I. <laughs> <laughs> And I was what? I was not a skinny legend. I was a real. Like, as in, I, I, I would like to think now I'm just warm and, and cozy. <laughs> Whereas before, when I was a kid, I was a chunky monkey. Like, and Girl, I was, you're like, warped. <laughs> And uh, and uh, I dressed up as Avril Lavigne for it was for a talent show in in my hometown, and I was singing "I'm with you." And, oh yeah, yeah, probably doing like both sides, probably doing the echo as well. Like, <laughs> tell me but, this: um, what what was the costume? Now we're right? talking so we're a tie. Talking. I feel like she used to wear a tie. No, there was no tie that time. There was like I got it from. So keep in mind, I got the top. This just for context, I got the top in Tammy Girl. Yeah, <laughs> so did I. We got the same top, <laughs> probably. Um, so I had like, I had like the what do you call it, like cargo trousers or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then the it was like a top with like I think it had like a graffiti style like picture on the front of it, and it had black and white stripy arms, but there was like a gap. So you had like a cold shoulder thing going on, like oh my god, on. Yeah. And I, I straightened my hair. Also, like I poker like, straight, you know, yeah. yeah. So, like I always, I've always had curly hair. I still have curly hair. Like that's the way I wear my hair. I never straighten my hair. And keep in mind, at the time, I had long hair. So, like when it was straight, and it was very long. So I had this like curtains uh, of long hair. My Tammy girl top, like, and I thought I, I was it. class. I thought I was great. Like and a I, bit of eyeliner as well. But you know, they thought I was great too because I actually won the talent show. So. Uh... <laughs> Fair play, dear. Not to humble brag or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so you dressed up for it was it for a fancy dress party? Yeah, and I remember like this is so embarrassing the effort that was gone into that. Oh. Uh, it was just a bit like a birthday party around the back and it like I remember we made a cardboard electric guitar and like stuck it on to like uh I think it was like a what's that called? The the of the brush? Part of the brush. So I was like holding it like and had painted this guitar like pink yeah yeah and black i think and that oh. was like my prop oh bless you <laughs> oh, was everybody dressed was it like dress up as a pop star or was it just like dress up i think it was just like a dress up for my birthday party as anyone you want oh, okay good vibes, um, good vibes i don't remember anyone else's costume so mine was obviously the best the best yeah surely has to be <laughs> us and our tammy girl tops <laughs> <laughs> oh those are the days so yeah so I listened to the um I'm gonna say Jan possibly Jean Sutton episode um because I loved Beauty and the Beast and I really enjoyed it and I will I'm gonna listen to more of them um but yeah it was very good so I would recommend that for anyone that wants a wee bit of 
90s and noughties nostalgia, I would say. And that's fun as well, isn't it? Like, that's going to put you in a good mood. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I love a podcast that makes you kind of, like, laugh out loud when you're listening to it. Like, you're, like, kind of sniggering to yourself whenever yeah, you're listening. Yeah. Like, you're in, on a wee in-joke with the podcast hosts. Um, so I'll do my watching first because I know you have a lot of feelings about what you've been watching. <laughs> I think we both do. So that's yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been watching. Well, no, I haven't. I'm kind of cheating here. So I have watched previously um, The Bold Type. Um, but yes. it's now but it's now on Netflix. So it was only on uh, Amazon Prime before. And I couldn't get anyone to watch it. Like, I was like, girls, you need to watch this show. <laughs> you need to watch it. It's so good, blah, blah, blah. And my sister Jess has now binged all four seasons in space of, like, a week. And uh, just, like, in between. I don't even know how she manages it because she works, like, nearly full-time and does full-time college as well. But anyway, she's staying up to four o'clock in the morning or something to watch the show. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so when I asked her, I was like, I have told everybody, to, I've been telling everybody to watch this for so long. Like, She was like, oh yeah, but it's easier to watch on Netflix. I was like, no, what is that? There's no difference between Amazon Prime and If anyone does know the difference, please get in touch and let me know what the difference is and watch it. In something. terms of ease of use? I don't, I don't know. I, like, I feel like it's not. I feel like they're the same. Uh, yeah, so the bold type basically for fans of Sex and City, and the devil wears Prada, but kind of bringing them both into kind of like twenty first century, not offending any social that's, groups, etc. That's what I was gonna say. I when I was told about it, which I still don't think was by you. Like I feel like I've feel like only heard about it recently okay. from someone else, <laughs> and that's what they said. If you love sex and city, you will yeah, love this. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so it basically follows kind of the adventures of these three girls. Um, kind of in their well, they're like entry level, so they're kind of maybe early to mid twenties. Um, but um, you've got Sutton, who is—they're all in like varying stages of their careers. Um, with Sutton is working as like an executive assistant for one of the editors at the magazine they work at. So they work at like a, a women's magazine, think like Glamour or Cosmopolitan. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's working as like an executive assistant. Then um. Cat, who is really really high up she's like the director of marketing at the magazine which is crazy for like someone of her age and she's also mm-hmm. um a person of color so there's that kind of you know like she's doing really well for herself and as she should but um she's she's doing amazing so she's doing the best kind of out of the three of them especially at the start of the the four seasons and then uh jane in the first the pilot episode she has just moved up from you know we're assuming she was like a intern or whatever she was like lower down and she's just been given the opportunity to become a writer for the magazine which is massive for her because that's all she's ever wanted um and then you kind of just get the ins and outs of like their career progression their relationships their their friendship which I think is just so important and then like even I was listening to uh our queen Dolly Alderton (laughs) the other day on one of her I think was on Sentimental in the City actually which we mentioned last week um and she was talking about the in Sex and the City, how in the, f- I think it was the fifth season she was talking about at the time, how they create this like sanctity around friendship um, and this kind of like 
putting the same significance on friendship as there is on romantic relationships in that obviously in a romantic relationship you have stages and then you get engaged and then you get married and whatever whereas with friendships it's kind of oh they're just your friends like whatever but like it's it's not that way like <laughs> and Dolly Alderson's written a whole book on that which is also amazing Um, we could probably do a whole episode on um everything I know about love um, oh my god we have to it's so good um but uh yeah there's very much that like you're watching the episodes you're like these girls could be my friends these girls like love each other they're bet like they're they're their right and dies like whatever about the yeah. boys they're you know they're they're each other's soulmates. and that's nice to see because it's not always what you see on sex in the city um no. pointing no fingers but carrie bradshaw <laughs> um <laughs> you know <Carrie> so yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i think you know it is it's not something that you would commonly see mm-hmm. on tv mm-hmm. i wouldn't say i just um, i love when programs really focus on i think sex and city did do okay at it in fact, it did very well at it, apart from just some bits yet, such as bits with Carrie where she maybe sent a boyfriend to a friend's job, etc. Like, definitely. Or, like, ringing her friends, like, last minute and being like, oh, I'm actually going to go on a date instead of coming to meet you, like we planned. Like, that's not good behaviour. Um, But, like, yeah, no, I, I love watching... For the shows. most part. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Um, But I love watching shows where it's kind of very, like female friendships as like a theme like proper healthy strong female friendships i i'm here for it i could watch a whole show real like you Uh want that rate like it all it always makes me think of miranda when Uh she calls carrie out a few times um for none other than her blood yeah 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 yeah. um and although it's like you're kind of like oh classic carrie but like obviously the dynamic is there and, and the friendship is so strong that she's in a position where she can call her out for her bullshit she'll realize whatever she's done wrong and then life was on as normal their, their friendship isn't tainted or, or uh-huh. anything like that uh-huh. yeah yeah definitely um so yeah so definitely the bull type is amazing so once you finish sex and city you need yeah. to watch it and i am taking credit for it i don't care what you said i definitely told you about it <laughs> how long are the episodes I think they're like forty minutes, so they're good, good Standard length. Standard, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's what I've been. Well, I haven't been watching. I watched it, but I really wanted to say my piece, so <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't watching it this week. Full disclosure. I say my piece. <laughs> that's my two cents worth. <laughs> no, it sounds good. I definitely will check it out. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> 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 um. So yeah, so you have been watching. We've all been watching. We've all been watching, haven't we? And I feel like definitely now at this point, people are probably most likely fed up of hearing about it. But uh-huh. we'll just touch on it briefly. Um, Harry and Meghan and Oprah's little sit down. Uh-huh. Um, wow! Like, and I don't <laughs> want to like go into too. Like, I don't want to. I want to be neutral. Um, I don't want to, to like repeat things that you have probably already read or seen in the media because I think there's been a lot of over the past like what it was two weeks ago it was on now so it's it's definitely been still in the news every day I would say mm-hmm. um in some form or another um fair play to them yeah. right like yeah. for speaking out and I think 
ha- having this on the record in an interview, you know, it can't be sensationalized by, you know, the print media or whatever. I think it's them sort of taking control of the narrative, mm-hmm. which obviously Megan says they weren't really allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think regardless of what's being said or what your opinion is on either sort of side or either party, I think fair play to them for taking that step and going on the record and putting their sort of views out there uh-huh. um I did see actually though one of the things so I re- read quite a few things about it as, as I think you have as well mm-hmm. um, I feel like everybody ha- yeah you don't really have a choice you couldn't not could uh-huh. you like there was uh-huh. it was everywhere but did you see that their popularity is well Harry and Meghan's popularity is now at an all-time low supposedly since since the interview do you know what i have a, i have a theory on this it's actually a new theory well no i've kind of spoke about it on so obviously we're re-recording because we we already have recorded this <laughs> all of our reactions are fake no i'm joking <laughs> no i'm joking i think we've been okay because we've been kind of addressing things at a different at a different angle than we had yeah. the last time we spoke about it but i think i i kind of touched on this the last time and the words escape me for what I was actually trying to say what I was trying to say was sincere I feel like there's kind of this at the minute in, in the world we're living in and I think probably because of social media and everything there's like a real suspicion around people being sincere and it's definitely not trendy to be sincere mm. I feel like if, if there's sincerity in in an interview or in like even like things like you know on Twitter and Instagram and stuff whatever you know like do you follow Matt Haig? Matt Haig? I did, on but didn't Instagram. he go off Twitter? He's on. I think he is off Twitter, but he is on Instagram. Yeah, no, I do he follow was because we follow him on our on on this on the podcast his Twitter. So he must so he be, must back, be back, back on Twitter. On I know there was a while where he was getting trolled, so he went off Twitter well, this for a while. Is, well, this is what I was going to say. He's a very obviously a very sincere person, um, and everything. You know, he's he's very hard on his sleeve. Kind of says, you know, like even the other day saying look I'm suffering from anxiety at the minute so I'm just taking a wee breather um and yeah exactly gets trolled for it like I feel like if you're if you're trying to be honest and open and you know not put up a facade that's almost like uncool now yeah and my god like yeah it's like there's no there's no space or no alliances for vulnerability it's like exactly and that's what I feel like I know, I know you kind of said that we weren't going to outright say our feelings on the interview, but how I do feel without kind of, without kind of bashing it out anymore is that at the end of the day, it was two people, take away everything else, it's two people being very sincere, being mm. very honest and being very vulnerable. And then you have people just bashing them, like you're just... Yeah. Oh God! Like it's almost like you know what it's reminded me now of. Just as we're talking about it like this, it's like when people apologize and they're like, "I'm sorry for how you, you feel." Felt. Yes. Yeah. 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 And there's no sort of culpability there, uh-huh. or no uh-huh. like ownership. And it's like, I think you would be, or like maybe I'm naive in what I'm consuming, but I think you would be naive to think that these two and particularly Megan uh-huh. haven't had a hard time by the media. Oh yeah, no, you know? 100% they have. This is the thing, like, I don't understand. 
I don't know. There's some things in this situation that are definitely they're facts. It's a fact that they've had a hard time in the media. And people are like, oh, you know, that never happened. It's like, no, 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 it, de- it definitely did. We all watched it happen. Yeah. So, And even there was a thing I read as well, which I'm pretty sure did the rounds even prior to the interview, of where, like, it was um, Megan and Kate. Yes. The headline differences. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And it just... like. That's what I mean. It it does like seeing all that stuff and and hearing Megan sort of say the things that she said to Oprah, particularly before the bit before Harry came on. It just brought it back to me. It rem- made me think of poor Caroline Flack, like which was only a year ago, but it just shows you nothing's changed in that year at all because Megan is on now saying that she had suicidal thoughts. And I mean, surely media and the headlines and her not being able to speak out against those, surely that I think would have played a part. But it's that kind of thing as well of whether, and I think we kind of discussed this during the week, um, in that like if somebody, regardless of whether you like somebody, whether, whether you personally like somebody, you could have a colleague who you literally can't stand or torture. I maybe personally didn't get along with, but when they were down, I wasn't going to be like, oh, well, you know, sort yourself out. Like, surely so all that you... personal feeling that comes out of it when someone's talking about suicide. Exactly. Like if you had, you could have somebody say it, because the thing is they talk about it as if it's a business, they say, you know, the firm, the institution that they went to HR, things like that. Um. So at the end of the day, if you had a colleague who came to you, even if you didn't like them personally, and they said, look, I'm suicidal from working here is basically what it was. You would never be like, mm, are you though? <laughs> you would mm. never second guess yeah. somebody who comes to you with that you know that that level of upset like you would just kind of obviously say you know that you want to help them that's just being a not even a decent human just being human that's just humanity yeah. um it's it's wild it's wild um, no f- for sure and that brings me on to one other thing i think we also both read the financial times article um about megan sort of and what she represents in terms of uh, the millennial workplace, yeah. In in this case, this institution or the firm, as they referred to it in the uh-huh. interview, uh-huh. um, and again, l- like you said, it's you're, you're taking out the personal feelings, you're dealing with the facts of the matter. She's coming and saying, "I feel suicidal." The part that struck me, what or well, one of the parts that struck me when she was like, "I just wanted to go meet my friends for coffee," and that yeah. was like denied from her. Um, and it's this thing about how millennials these days are sort of what some people consider as more demanding, and that is something that Megan gets called quite often in the yeah. press. You know this, but is demanding... it being demanding, or is it literally just asking for basic rights? Like, right. I mean, because the thing is, like, even you know, the, the phrase "toxic work culture" gets thrown around a lot nowadays. But I think the reason it gets thrown around a lot is because it's so prevalent. Like, you know, the thing is, there. this is the first time in history that your workplace has been able, entirely able, to contact you 24 hours a day 
like they can literally like because we're all on smartphones there's no such thing as logging out anymore so if if you know if somebody wants to contact you about even the most minor thing they can and that's obviously not the way we're programmed it's not how we're supposed to run as a society and of course it's causing anxiety and upset and you know Sunday scaries and all of that um and I'm not saying obviously that this is comparable to Megan's situation it's really not but what I'm saying is that millennials aren't we're not really expecting more we're just expecting different because it is a different time we're living in and I think that's what it was with Megan too you know she's she was just looking for support um from you know a family that has stood by mental health charities etc in the past like there's been a history there of like you know we're very progressive we're thinking about mental health for the future we're thinking about you know the youth we're thinking about but are they because they couldn't even help one of their own right and there is a a, a part in that article as well where they're like you know she signed up for this role she took this role but she didn't get what she was promised she didn't get what she was expecting mm-hmm. um, and it's similar and it's, that, it's that thing as well of like bringing it back to the comparison of millennials in the workplace um you know that kind of like oh well we're we're a very laid-back culture here we like this that or the other whatever they'll sell you the story of like oh yeah we don't mind when you clock in say for example something like that and then you actually sign up and you go, it's suddenly very regimented and it's totally different. Do you know yeah. what I mean? If you're being sold a different story, that you're obviously going to be upset. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, yes, she married into a family, but she also married into a job. Yeah. And the contract and the, the reality were totally different from yeah. what she'd expected. And again, she echoes that in, in the interview, you know, this perception versus reality. And how they couldn't be more disconnected, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does sort of run parallel to a lot of millennials in the workplace. But, I mean, we could talk about this all day. Like, I'm conscious of n- coming across as one-sided. Uh-huh. But I think the fact I that, don't care. I'm one-sided. <laughs> like, <laughs> I honestly don't we are not an unbiased news source unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) so lightening up the topic for the week um and um as we said when we when we had originally recorded this podcast we did mention after speaking about Megan uh that we'll include some links down in our show notes um for anyone who feels sad or if you feel um that the topics covered were relevant to you um We'll move on to to lighter lighter subject matter. Um, our throwback of the week this week is is DVD dead. Oh, I actually forgot that <laughs> we forgot that that was the throwback. Um, yeah, is DVD dead? Like, I'm upset. I don't want it to be dead. I know this is. I feel like DVDs and you is like me and skinny jeans. Like it's just I'm not accepting it. Like, Clinging no. on, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Um, DVD, like yes, honestly, like even like advertisements now it doesn't say coming out in DVD. It says available for digital download. Yeah, like it's. I do like I couldn't remember the last time I bought a DVD. And if I did, it was probably like a gift maybe for someone or because I 
couldn't find it online or um and like I just it's sort of died without even I like not something I've consciously been even realizing but everything same as like can you remember the last no I'm slightly different because my well your car might only have a cd player does it does it have like no mine has does does it have a cd player yeah it does have a cd player so mine well yeah I remember somebody recently telling me I like tried to give them a cd and they were like I don't even have a cd player like my car doesn't even have a cd player yeah um but uh yeah I would buy if I'm in the pound shop, because you know where they always have those like one pound CDs yeah. and DVDs as well, um, because my car plays CDs and sometimes if my say my phone's charging or whatever and I can't use the the audio on it at the same time because yeah. I've got my phone so they're it's a nuisance. But um, yeah, so I'll sometimes have a CD stick it in. I recently have listened to Amy Winehouse again. Oh, classic. Yeah. Um. Put it back to black. But it is that kind of thing, like CDs to audio downloads just seem to happen like it just happened one night yeah like the last time you went out and bought a cd as it was released was a long time ago a long time ago ago. yeah um which is sad so i feel like dvds have gone the same way it's kind of happened without us even realizing yeah for sure there was a time when i again i know oh i feel like i talk about sex and study a lot on this but when i decided i was going to watch it I did look at buying those DVDs. That uh-huh. was quite recently. That was in the last six months. Uh-huh. I have um, them. <laughs> yeah. And again, for me, that was like, if I'm going to pay to watch it online, I'd rather pay to have, have a physical it. copy. Yeah. yeah. This is the thing. Like, I really resent when I go to like Amazon Prime and say something's not on Prime and it's not on Netflix or whatever. And like, so say the movie's like, eight pound to rent it's like but it's four pound on dvd i'm just gonna get the dvd and then i can watch it whenever i want do you know what i mean um and then as well as that we were saying as well during the week about the dvd extra features like they're gone like they're gone you don't have like behind the scenes and like director's commentary and things like that like you don't have or blooper reels i love the blooper reels so you know i'm a little bit sad about it um, and I think the solution would be if Netflix releases things as like the movie and then you know where you get like it says like play and then it says episodes and then whatever it's there's like a list it could say on, on trailers I think there's a section for trailers if you don't want to watch the whole movie you want to just see a trailer there could be like specials in there like oh, a wee yeah. blooper reel and everything so that's what we'd like um, I think though if, like you do have do you have dvds on your bookshelf or yeah do you I have have them a, like no i have a i have a bookshelf for books and a bookshelf for dvds like that is like maybe that's like retro now like that's yeah cool. we're, we're like a throwback household yeah we're super yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'll never forget like, and, and like 100 percent, she's gonna deny this but jess one night was trying to take a dvd out of the case at my house and didn't know how to take it out you need to push no. the button I no. swear to God, do it. She'll she'll definitely be like, no, that's not what happened. It is what happened, um, <laughs> and that's fine. She's only twenty. She's young. Like she, that that's why. But like, yeah, you know, you push the button to release the disc, yeah, and then you yeah. lift the. Yeah, she didn't know. She started trying to pull it out without pushing the button. No. And I was like, sorry, Aww. do you not know how to get a DVD out of its case? But like, fair enough. Like, because the last time she probably had to take a DVD out of its case was a long time ago. 
That's why. Like, Gen Z don't like they don't own DVDs. They just stream everything and have been since they were like teenagers, you know. So, uh, post lockdown plans. Oh yeah. Well, of course we have the big Italian adventure. <laughs> so, uh, Corey and I and two of our other friends are we're going to Milan. Like as in we haven't booked it. Nothing has been nothing like, is yeah, yeah yeah yeah. But we are going to Milan. I think that was decided pretty early on in lockdown one. We were like, oh, see when this is over, we're all going to Milan, and now it's a year later, and we're still not going to Milan anytime soon, unfortunately. But I feel like you need to like tell yourself the the promise, the promise the, that yeah. it will happen. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what we were talking about this yesterday, actually, and it's just like the having something like mentally to look forward to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. regardless of the actual practical steps you've put in place yeah, for yeah. this to happen. But yeah. if you have it like this is what we're doing, like it's just something to get you through. Even though we have no time scale, like oh, we don't really know Eventually, when we will be yeah. going to Milan. <laughs> That's One good day. enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, um I mean I don't really have any plans. I know some people are in the planning stages like of holidays yeah a few even just like staycations late summer staycations yeah staycations and late summer I think are probably safe enough but equally I wouldn't want to put money down you just don't know no it's and I think that's more devastating as well having like the hopes of the money put away and then Uh like oh I know, I know. And then trying to get refunds is an absolute because we were supposed oh, to as go you away. well know. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. We were supposed to be going away obviously just before the first lockdown. As in we were supposed to be going a couple of weeks after the lockdown officially was announced. And uh, it's friggin' trying to chase people for refunds and things is an absolute nuisance. So you end up you do inevitably end up losing money because some companies will just ghost you and other companies uh will be like, Oh, we can't, it's not our policy, even though there's a global panny D. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, what can you do? But no, even just the small things like planning for like the next time we're all able to go for like dinner or, or dinner. Do, or do you know what lunch. I really miss? This is so silly, but do you know, I really miss, you know, when you like fancy, you're like, oh, I'm going to treat myself and get a wee hot beverage while I'm in time. And you go with your wee coffee cup and you're all busy with yourself. And you can kind of like go for a browse around town and you're like having a wee sip of your coffee and you're having a great time. You can't do that now because of the masks. So I can't wait to be back in a world where I can like eat and drink on the move. (laughs) And it's such a silly thing, but I'm really excited for that. Like, or even just getting a, like getting a coffee and just sitting and like watching the world go by and and it's actually busy. Like seeing people go in and out of the shops and, you know, people chatting with their friends and, even I even miss the Christian ministers in Belfast City Centre shouting at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Like your expectations, I think I would now like settle for anything. Like yeah, my yeah. standard. The bar is on the so floor. Low. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, just like excited for all those like little things, or even like, and you know me, I don't really like to go shopping. I'm not really a shopping person. Yeah. I'm even excited just to go and try on a few dresses and see if they're nice. Because you can, just because you can, just because you can, exactly. Like, and not have to worry about like, because even 
at the minute when you can buy clothes so you can buy clothes for example in like tesco and sainsbury's and stuff but you're not allowed to fit them on because of covid mm. so you have to like go home with your items try them on and then if they don't fit bring them back to the store which is a bit silly because it's like the same thing but I, um, I know but do you know what I mean? You can't even try on clothes. And all of us are not sure of our dress sizes anymore. I don't think I'm just speaking for myself there. <laughs> no, definitely. Speaking for all the people. Like, I know I fit in my baggy sweatpants and baggy sweater. But, like, I'm not sure that I fit in, like, an actual fitted dress at this stage. Oh, stop. And, like, I love a wee night out as well. But, see, at the minute, I'm like... Oh, I don't know if I like if someone said to me, "Let's go, we're going to club." Like, get your glad rags out, get your high heels out. I think I would maybe like pass. I feel like, like at this point, I've had a few lockdowns where I was like, "Yes, there's my outfits lined up. Uh-huh. Like, there's my fake tan ready, my eyelashes." But now, for some reason, I'm like nervous oh god I just don't want it like it's just I think there's like there's like a more like um what's the word there's more of a levelance around the sticky floor in the nightclub and the you know everybody touching out touching the rails going down to the dance floor touching cups and glasses and counters and each other (laughs) do you know what I mean like things that we thought of as benign before are now quite like it's like high alert um whereas like obviously if you go out for like dinner and drinks with your friends at a table you're sitting and you're kind of it's less touch points it's less kind of scary I think nightclubs in particular are just like they're like a cesspool of germs and they always have been and we always kind of knew they were but now it's much scarier yeah for sure but I haven't said that like just imagine being in the uh, nightclub with all your friends and like <laughs> hugging people and like oh. hearing your song, running from the bathroom to the dance floor. Oh. How privileged are we like having this conversation? Oh, like, no, this I know. is really like first world problem. <laughs> people are right dying, here. Kim. <laughs> <laughs> like it's horrendous, I know. Um like, I just want to go to the nightclub. Yeah. I just want to go. No, to obviously, die. well the thing is at the end of the day we understand how serious the situation is because we're actually sticking to the rules. So it would be different if we were like going, oh, it'd be lovely to go to a nightclub because I've only been to house parties the past 10 weeks. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? What we're saying is we literally like, you and I haven't seen each other in person since like last autumn. Oh, sick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, that's that's six months ago, Corey. That's the longest, the longest time we've been on the same island. (laughs) And not like, obviously it was different when you were, Corey lived abroad quite a bit when she was in in college because she's she's a Spanish lady, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's bizarre, you know. But that's what I mean. Like, I don't think it's that we're not we're not it's not that we're not taking it seriously because if we weren't taking it seriously, we wouldn't be sticking to the rules. Um, yeah, we are, and that's why we're we're missing everything, you know. But um, yeah, enough talk of the panny D. So, Rachel, what are you looking forward to? Uh, reading watching or listening so i'm looking forward to you're not going to believe this but i actually still haven't read ghosts by dolly alderton even though i know i know um but basically yeah i bought the book when it literally on release week 
with Corey. We both bought it together. Corey obviously read it like a normal person, and then I didn't. Um, but I feel like I was trying to explain this that when we recorded the first time, and you might have seen our tweet. Um, basically, like the book for me because I'm so looking forward to reading it is like the video of the raccoon with the candy floss, which Corey hadn't seen before. But like it, it like I feel like it's a pretty well known, well known video, but somebody gives a raccoon a ball of candy floss and because he naturally wants to wash it to make sure it's clean before he eats it he brings it over to a puddle and he pops it in the puddle and it all disappears and he's very sad that's how I feel about ghosts I'm like ghosts is my ball of candy floss and the puddle is this pandemic like I don't want to get rid of it because then it's gone and then I don't have any more literary treats even though I do because as we all know like reading books and buying books are two totally different hobbies and I'm really good at buying books <laughs> so I actually have loads of books so I need to catch a grip and I'm going to read it next week when I'm on annual leave and then in the next episode I'll be able to talk to you about it because you've actually read it anyway during the release week. I'm excited like excited a normal person <laughs> talk about this so. uh, um, what are you looking forward to so I am looking forward to it's called The Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read. Yes. Uh, Perry. I have it and I haven't read it. So I will read it and we'll both read it and we'll both know each other's books yeah. for next week. We're going to have a discussion, guys. No more reviews. It's a discussion. Love it. <laughs> um, I can't remember. I remember hearing about it once, like going back a few years, I think. Don't remember where, but then I saw it um, and I was like, oh, I, I've heard about this. I want to read it. Brilliant, cool. So we have two exciting books to look forward to next week. Right, guys, I think we're talked out, especially having had to do it twice. Um, <laughs> so um, that's everything from us this week. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Who You Loving. Uh, thanks for listening and get in touch with um any comments and suggestions. Thank you.